This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, this is Flip Gordon. You're listening to the Top Rope Nation podcast. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell, yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. What a week, guys. After traveling thousands of miles, we're finally back here. Episode 54 of Top Rope Nation. I'm your host, Ryan Drosty, joined here by Kyle Ross and Justin Joint. We are just a few days removed from convening as a podcast group in New Orleans for WrestleMania weekend. A hell of a week, I've got to say. Uh, I have been trying to recover all week long. I'm still pretty tired. I don't know about you guys. Justin, have you recovered from the trip yet? No, actually, I missed work today. I've been having some stomach issues. Uh-oh. Is that that jambalaya we had? I think so, man. <laughs> it's all that New Orleans food and booze. <laughs> I don't know. What was the, uh, what was the name of the restaurant? We got the jambalaya, and we had the Bloody Marys, too, and it was like all spicy food we were eating. Uh, Coops. Coops. Good place. Really small, but really good food. But I'm not the biggest spicy food fan, but it's like it's that kind of thing. When in Rome, you got to do it. So uh, I took it all in, and it, it was pretty spicy. It was good, though. It was good. Kyle, how are you holding up? I'm doing well. I was just thinking. Do you know where we were at this time last week? Right, Mercury rising, my friend. Yes, we had just met for the first time, and we were crushing beers with absolutely no idea just how much of a surcharge Uber would be hitting with hitting hitting us with <laughs> in a few hours. That's true. Justin and I were hanging out waiting for an Uber, and you did the Janela show after that. You were hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, little, little that I know. I, You know, uh, I think there was a big theme uh, of not just, you know, everyone always talks about oh, how long WrestleMania is. But, man, I, I think that was a theme for a lot of the shows that they were, you know, they could have trimmed, I don't know, lost uh, a half hour or so off every show. Yeah, but yeah, what, I, that's for sure. I had a great time. I had a, I had a great time. I'm, I'm, I really wish you guys would have stayed for Janela because it was a real hoot, man. It was, uh, it was sweet. Although the ride back, uh, as I alluded to, was was very difficult to get, uh, and it took a long time. But uh, yeah, great show. I think I think Justin and I thought you were like up all night because as we found out today, our text thread is not sending messages all the time at the proper times. And we got a message from you at like was it like four or five in the morning and it was like getting dinner now. We were like, what the hell? Getting dinner now at four or five in the morning. And you're like at the casino getting dinner now or something. I'm guessing that wasn't the actual time you sent that. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that this was a 
long-term problem. I just well, thought this was yesterday for our podcast schedule. Oh. No, well, this has been since New Orleans. Yeah, oh. I wasn't for sure that that's what was happening. I was, I thought maybe the timestamps were off, but uh, oh. yeah. that's what's been going on. Luckily, we're still able to meet up, man. I uh, yeah. <laughs> first, my first image of Kyle Ross in person was uh, you walking up to the the big line to get in, and then walking into the arena, not happy about your ticket situation. Yeah, wasn't I just yelling frustrated over and over again? <laughs> I am hot. I am hot oh, right that's now. Right. Oh, that's right. Because, yeah, dude, that will call situation really pissed me off. <laughs> that's oh, a good well. show. That's a good show, though. I, I agree. The uh, It seems like the whole running a four to five to six hour wrestling show thing is rubbing off from WWE and all of the other wrestling promotions because uh, yeah. pretty much every show we went to, Justin, was was pretty lengthy. The the length of the RO. The ROH show almost ruined it for me. And I'm sorry, unless you're WWE, if, if you're going to be more than three hours, you need to let your fans know because I don't think we were mentally prepped for a five-hour Ring of Honor show. No, we were we were hoping to hit Bourbon Street that night, and we got home, and no chance. We were, we were pretty we were pretty yeah. gassed. It was, it, was, it was a long night. I think it's time to maybe trim some fat off of the cards here because we didn't, we didn't need a five-hour Ring of Honor show. Not, not only that, but they had a 30-minute intermission, too. Yeah, what's up with that? Ring of Honor. I love the show. Some great matches. We don't need to have an intermission on a pay-per-view event. That was, that really kind of, I thought I, I killed the momentum of the show. Definitely. Yeah, agree. So, but uh, I don't know. Perhaps the best, perhaps the best uh, match of the weekend was that ladder match I saw in person. That one uh, at Ring of Honor with, with the Bucks and Top Rope Nation alum Flip Gordon, excellent match. Um, Osprey and Riddle, like Kyle said, is about uh, exactly a week ago right now. Well, a little bit later, but about a week ago. Awesome match. Kyle, what was your favorite match you saw over the weekend? Uh, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. Five and stars. And by the way, yeah, by the yeah, Meltzer gave it five stars. I would agree with that. Um, I thought I called it right afterwards the best match I have ever seen live in 30-plus years of going to shows. Now I was getting, I was pretty into it, and it was the, as you guys know, the reason that I chose Takeover, over the Ring of Honor show, uh, was that match, and in my sense that that match was going to happen, uh, and and I loved every bit of it. And by the way, Takeover was kind of the exception to the rule of the week in the sense that it had the right match close, and it was not too long of a show. Yeah. That's right. It's true. You were you were in and out, and you saw two five star matches. <laughs> yeah, you know it's kind of funny. You know, I saw some people. I forgot somebody was like, "Yeah, you know, when I pref-, somebody said this on Twitter, I can't remember who it was. They were like, "Yeah, when I prefer one so much to the other, I really can't give them both five. And that's kind of where I'm at. I, I didn't. Um, the the latter match was great. I think it was one of the great opening matches in WWE history. I don't think it was a, quite a five star match though. I, I definitely preferred Gargano and Ciampa to it has there ever been a wwe show in history that got two matches with five stars from Meltzer? because i can't think of one off the top of my head not from Meltzer. um wrestlemania 10 for some would yeah i mean for me for me it would like i would give both brett owen and razor sean five stars mm-hmm. i i know that there's always the issue of watching razor and sean with 2018 glasses on and maybe it doesn't hold up as much but um you know at the time for me, I, I would have given both those five stars, and I kind of stand by that. Yeah, I think if you look at it, the context of the time, for sure, the latter but, match but, and Brett but, Owen. But, 
but but the interesting I mean the ladder match may have been the second best match I saw of the week uh, you know I, you mentioned Riddle and Osprey which headlined uh, the WWN Super Show that we were all at that was a top five match for me uh, Walter against Pierre Carlo Lett I absolutely loved it it was the reason I stayed for the Joey Janela show uh, that was a top five match for me just just so brutal with the chops. I don't know if anyone who saw P, uh, PCO's chest on Twitter the next day, it was crazy. And then the uh, Lucha tag from the WrestleCon Super Show, the first night I was there uh, in New Orleans, first show I caught, uh, that would probably be third right behind the ladder match. That's right. You Yeah, you started a day earlier than us because we were flying in. You were at that show Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, yeah, I, I think those are those are my top five matches i saw the week i it's funny and there was one well takeover had two but yeah of all the indie shows you know there was at least one made my top five and and wrestlecon was another show that you know uh, the closer <laughs> could be called into question mm-hmm. you know the, 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 even though you had you know the golden lovers i think the, the crowded peak for tanahashi and and you know, and all the respect to Flip Gordon, he did our show and stuff like that. But, you know, it seemed like um, the crowd had worked themselves into believing that Okada was going to freaking walk out and be Chucky e. T's partner. That that was kind of silly, I guess, in retrospect, I think. Mm-hmm. But Okada was in New Orleans, which was, saw he, yes. he attended WrestleMania. Yes, yeah, to watch the Shinsuke Nakamura match. I yes. wonder if he was, I wonder if he was just as uh, disappointed as everyone else. <laughs> Justin and I were definitely disappointed. We'll get into that. We'll get into that one later on. Uh, Justin, any highlights for you as far as we, we went to, let's see, four shows in three days. Got a top couple matches that you shot that you saw down in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, just hitting kind of all the shows we went to uh, for progress. I really loved the opening match with Mustache Mountain, uh, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate are uh, ridiculously entertaining. Um and even then, uh, Will Ospreay defeated Mark Haskins in a really good match, which wasn't near as good as his match against uh, Matt Riddle in the WWN show. Uh, but then yet the latter match from Ring of, Ring of Honor was spectacular. And, you know, I'm sure I would have uh, enjoyed the, their main events more if the show wasn't so long and they had actually made Cody and Kenny the main event because damn near a third of that crowd left after that match. So that... That arena was really empty by the time Dalton Castle and Marty Skrull started fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, I'd go with, uh, I really liked Charlotte Asuka and uh, the Intercontinental title match. I thought it was really, oh, and of course, the Ronda Rousey match was great. So yeah. so here's the thing about Ring of Honor. Uh, as, as we sat at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view Saturday night, Justin and I were going on and on about how we had to talk about this on the show. So I'm not going to vent too much and keep it pretty brief, but they had that great ladder match daniels kazarian and uh, scorpio sky against the bucks and gordon really really good maybe maybe the best match i saw all weekend it's up there um and right after that they go into an intermission and then they come out of the intermission and they've got the briscoes taking on jay lethal and tanahashi which was sweet to see tanahashi but at the same time like this is a it's a roh tag team title match so you know that there's zero chance that Tanahashi is going to be one half of the ROH tag team. Like, there's no no way he's going to win the match. So when you had this 30-minute intermission, then you had a match where you knew exactly what the outcome was going to be. And then they followed that up with Silas Young and Kenny King, which was not a bad match, but, I mean, 
on such a long card, it wasn't the most interesting match to see. It just took so much steam out of the show. And then then right after that, like Justin said, then they had Cody Omega, which for sure should have been the main event. I felt so bad for Skrull and Castle when they went out there in the main event slot because this was the biggest crowd ROH has ever done, like 6,000 people. And a couple thousand probably, I don't think I'm exaggerating, a couple thousand people left during the main event because those people came to see Cody and Omega. And I get the, I get the traditionalist argument that you, you got to put the title match on last. But when you're having such a huge show and it's so obvious that Cody Omega drew the house, you have to put that on last. And it, it definitely took away, it took away a lot from the Skrull Castle match, which was also a good match, but uh, it was somewhat ruined by the crowd filing for the exits. I thought. Yeah, we'll juxtapose that with the Takeover show, where they didn't go with the title match last. Exactly. They went with Gargano and Ciampa. You know, there's no golden rule to doing that. I mean, I think you just need to put, you know, I mean, obviously with WrestleMania, they'd probably like to have the main event back. Although I think no matter where you put Reigns uh, on the show, the crowd was going to revolt against him. We'll get into that in a little bit. But, you know, I I just, you know, I, I think it's not an exact science, but, you know, you you have to get over the concept. Oh, title match has to be last. No, it doesn't. You know, I mean, we you can go back to WrestleMania 18, WrestleMania 25. Uh, the title match should not have gone on last in either of those occasions. And um, I, I think you just need to know what your hottest program is. Yeah. Yeah, so Progress. We went to Progress Thursday. I just wanted to say I thought the Progress show was really cool. Always wanted to see them in person. So it was cool to see an actual chapter show happen here in the United States. Um, that show definitely got off to... Kind of a slow start, too. You know, you, you had the talking segment to open the show like they always do. Um, and then uh, we had Mustache Mountain come out with Drake and Gibson, and they went back and forth for at least five minutes talking in the ring. But once the show finally started, lots of good action. Loved going to Mercury Rising with both of you guys and not just hanging out, cashing some drinks. Good time. And by the way, big, big props to the guys from Post Wrestling for not burying us on their podcast because we were sitting right next to them and being very obnoxious. <laughs> I'm going to have to check out. Have you checked out the show this week? Yeah, I listened to it specifically to see if they'd bury us. <laughs> Weren't these annoying guys next to us? No. Didn't, <laughs> I didn't even notice them there. You guys mentioned that afterwards. And, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with what they look like. I just that's how into the drinks I was, I guess. I did not notice them at all. I was too busy. I was too busy laughing at Kyle's friend yelling "Sawa." (laughs) I love this sport. I love this sport. Kyle Ross trademark. Good stuff. Good stuff. It got that that got way out of hand during the PCO Walter match at Janela Spring Break. I mean, I was just like picking up the garbage can and hitting it on the ground, yelling, "I love this sport." (laughs) Uh, So. Right before we recorded tonight, I went on Twitter to see if anyone had any any comments they wanted us to talk about tonight or any questions for us. And one of the questions I got, um, well, favorite match of the weekend, which we've already kind of discussed. Um, <laughs> someone said, what was the most degenerate thing you saw or did on Bourbon Street? Now, that is a good question. Ah, oh, man, I'm going to have to think on that one for a minute. The most degenerate thing you saw on bourbon street kyle you might have an entertaining story there i don't know um i saw i saw i saw buff bagwell hanging out and everyone was taking pictures and i just wanted to go up to him and be like hey man 
WCW dropped the ball in 98. They should have kept you as a baby face. But I don't think he wanted to hear that, so I didn't do it. But <laughs> but no, honestly, um, I, I was, you know, multiple, like, back-to-back times uh, on what night was it? It was after Mania, so it was Sunday night. Man, I had some guy come up to me, man. Hey, man, you looking for that white? You looking for that white? <laughs> like, I'm cool. My God. <laughs> Uh, we could not go out. I wish we could have gone out after WrestleMania, but we had a we had to get up at three o'clock in the morning to catch our flight back. So, uh, holy fuck, <laughs> it was right back to the B and B for us. And uh, I think we got about an hour and a half of sleep max before we flew back to Iowa. So uh, that was quite the night. Uh, I know what you guys. I know what your guys. It wasn't on Bourbon Street, but I know what your guys' answer should be. Uh, what was that? I'm thinking. I don't know. Go ahead. It, it, it revolves around you getting home late at your Airbnb. Uh, which night? <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be the night that we bought some uh, some cigars on Bourbon Street and went back and sat uh, on our patio. Okay, I, I know what you're referring to. Our neighbors. Yeah. Yes. We heard some uh, after-hours activity from our neighbors who happened to be all women. So that was, a, was an interesting night for Justin and Take I it. as we sat on the patio. Taking each other to Poundtown, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Uh, another question. How many hurricanes did you have? I got to say, the first night we got there, uh, Justin and I headed out. We went to, was it O'Brien's? Is that the name of the place? Yes, Pat, Pat O'Brien's. Pat O'Brien's, which is like the supposed to be the place the hurricane was invented. We went in there. I got a hurricane. Probably my favorite drink all weekend. Just just to get a hurricane there and walk in the French Quarter for the very first time. That was a hell of a night. So I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed. The, was that Thursday night? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I'll have... oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say, like, as a wrestling fan that comes from a town where I, I don't come across for many wrestling fans, to hit Bourbon Street really late at night on our first night with Ryan. I'm wearing my uh, my Valor Club sweatshirt you know we just get hurricanes and i had i think i had a vodka water and just walking down the street and just everybody wanting to do the two sweet I, just if, if you've never been to wrestlemania you gotta go at least once it's it's so much fun especially if it's in new orleans oh yeah i was gonna say the only hurricane that i got all weekend was when i was sitting with you guys in that one bar and Corey graves walks by takes one look in the bar and goes, yeah, I'm not going in here. <laughs> 501 Bourbon Street wasn't wasn't that the name of the bar. Yeah, yeah, was a good. That spot. Was, yeah, 801 Royal or 801 Royal. Yeah, yeah. And then my Uber app didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You were kind of wandering around looking for a ride home. Yeah, That's, my that... buddy had to come get me. He's like, I would never do this again for you. <laughs> oh, you had a car. Your yeah, buddy my buddy drove. Yeah, my buddy drove from Florida. Oh, I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah, we had we had a car for like one afternoon. Our buddy Derek from the Oversell podcast, uh, his his uh, cousin, drove us to a brewery on the other side of New Orleans, ha- partake in some uh, crawfish. It was a good time. Had some beers. Hadn't had crawfish before, so really getting the whole New Orleans experience that day. And that was uh, that was before uh, Ring of Honor, or not, not not before Ring of Honor. That was before Mercury Rising. That was on Friday, mm-hmm. so that was right before we saw you, Kyle. Yeah. So, should we get into WrestleMania and the direction WWE is going to be heading? Or you guys have any uh, any closing thoughts on our, our meetup and our trip last weekend? Yeah, Got to do it again, man. 
Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's all I got to say. That was a good time. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to have yeah. to work out something maybe here in the Midwest because I am not going to, unless they pull out some some match I just have to see live, I think there's very little chance I'm going to New York for WrestleMania next year. That's what I told the guys in my group and stuff. So I was like, yeah, I'm probably not going to do it. But yeah, who knows? I can be, <laughs> I'm weak-minded. I can easily, <laughs> my arm can be twisted easily. Well, all I know is we cannot wait two years until we hang out again. So hopefully, hopefully yes. we can set up something before Agreed. Then. Uh, so WrestleMania, I, we're not going to like recap the whole card or anything like that because every podcast under the sun has done that by now. But uh, I think there's a lot to talk about as far as direction uh, in the next couple of weeks, and if not months. Got a lot of interesting things going on here with Rusev lately. Um, this, yeah. <laughs> this greatest Royal Rumble show happening in Saudi Arabia here in two weeks from tonight, actually, as we record this. Should we go to that? You want to go there? Yeah, let's, let's go right with it. <laughs> No, I was. I meant like, do you guys want to meet up in Saudi Arabia? Like, oh, maybe no. that God, no. Up. God no. <laughs> Especially as the news and what's going on in that part of the world right now. I don't think so. That's a good uh, point. That's a good point. <laughs> Probably that not. Tro- Is that show in trouble? Are they going to have to move it to the LA Sports Arena now? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, okay, let's just talk about Rusev because speaking of, you know, being in New Orleans, that Rusev Day shirt is probably the most popular shirt in the company right now. If New Orleans is any indication. Everywhere I went, I saw that shirt. The Rusev Day chants were ever they were the night we got there and the first night we went on Bourbon Street, Rusev Day chants on Bourbon Street. Rusev Day chants in the Superdome on the on the very narrow, I must add, concourse of the Superdome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how in the hell are they doing nothing with this guy? I what I tweeted about this the other day. What a blown opportunity. And he he was supposed to be wrestling The Undertaker in the casket match in two weeks in Saudi Arabia. And that match has now been changed. Um, yeah, that seems that seems <laughs> dicey. I don't know what's going on there, but I don't think it's good for Rusev. Yeah, Chris Jericho has now been plugged into the match, so I assume Rusev will just be in the Battle Royal. Um, uh, if he makes the trip. <laughs> so this... It's all kind of dicey, but it all started, I guess, Rusev had tweeted, bury me softly, brother, in the response to uh, being... Which I laughed at. (laughs) That was funny, being in the match with The Undertaker. Um, And then not long after that, he was pulled from the match. And then they kind of tried to play it off as Lana not wanting her man to be in a casket match with The Undertaker. Uh, I don't know, Kyle, what are your thoughts? All right, I'm going to play bad cop for just a minute here because I totally agree with you that, like, you know, as we're walking around town, like, Rusev Day is, like, one of the top chants you hear. I mean, that and, you know, Adam Cole Bebe was the other. I mean, uh, you know, I've been critical of Adam Cole on the show before. I don't think his ceiling is as high as others do. But I got to say, man, I mean, this guy clearly connects with a lot of people. And he came across as a star at that takeover show. But Rusev, yeah, okay, there there was a lot of people chanting for him. But do you know what the irony of the weekend and the Rusev Day chants were? That Do you know when they were at their lowest, I seemed, it seemed to be? When he, when he was, was out there wrestling. wrestling. Yeah. Yes. You know, like I was like, when, when that U.S. title match happened, and granted, it had to follow two good matches uh, to, that opened the show, and it was kind of in a tough spot. But, man, it didn't see like, it didn't seem like, and it's funny you said that because I was going to say, was it just me during that U S title match? 
it didn't seem like the crowd was going crazy for him. Yeah. They, they were, they were, of course, ironically, right before he eats the fall from gender, you know, the champ picked up, but it just seemed like, you know, okay, here's your chance to chant Rusev day. The guy's actually out in front of you and you're not really doing it. I'm not going to lie. We hit the bathroom during that match, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, Justin actually commented on that um, as we were out one night and uh, how, well, Justin, you can explain it, but your, your thoughts on the Rusev Day chant and why people do it. Oh, man, I was probably drunk whenever I said that, but <laughs> I, I, I think it's just, I don't think it has anything to do with Rusev. I think they just like chanting it. I mean, is it I, the new CM Punk? Yeah, I would say so. I, I It's just, it's these certain fans that catch on to certain things like you know i i almost think that any wrestler could have just you know like aiden english day or you know whoever it wouldn't have mattered they just like the concept of it which well that doesn't speak well to pushing rusev then i mean it's just if the just the chance over and not the guy i think that's what it is though i don't think wwe thinks he's He's over, and if what you said is correct, that the U.S. title match is one of the few matches I haven't gone back and uh, rewatched yet, um, for obvious reasons, because I don't like Randy Orton. But if they didn't even chant that during, they should have been chanting that the entire fucking match. Yeah, I mean there there was Rusev a chance, but it was not like this overwhelming thing that you know you just couldn't ignore. You know, I, I was kind of like, I was looking, I was like, oh, wow, people aren't that into Rusev now. It's like, here he is, you know, and it's very clear the promotion doesn't either understand it or doesn't like it, but, or, or Rusev's on his way out and they don't want to promote it. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. I, I mean, I'm not, <laughs> here's the thing. Okay. But let, 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 let me switch hats here. There's no, if you're WWE, there's no harm in running with something like this. There's no harm whatsoever in giving the guy the U.S. title and see, and and if it doesn't work, like if you give the crowd what they want and it kind of just plateaus and it really doesn't go anywhere and he isn't super over, well, who cares? Just take the title off him. I mean, how many times do we see, you know, these secondary titles, you know, kind of have, you know, a meaningless holder? for just a bit of time. And it doesn't change anything. Like there's no harm in giving like to me it's it's easy. Like if I was on WWE Creative, I'd be like let's just make things easy on us. Let's give Rusev a run and if it doesn't work, who cares? Like I'm not I'm not here saying on this podcast, you know, Rusev is would be the greatest fucking US champion of all time and it would you would just like you know, start just drawing all money and it would just be so awesome. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the guy's over. He was the most over guy. Like, even if the chants were kind of weak, to me, he's still the most over guy in the match. Well, and that's exactly it. And I think that's a, something we're going to get to later with a certain other wrestler is uh, WWE's tendency to refuse to ride a wave and then to try and just arbitrarily create one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I get what you guys are saying as far as the chant goes, and we talked about that when we were down there, like the chance over maybe more than the guy. Um, 
but at the same time, you know, there is interest in him. And I don't think people are spending 25 bucks on a T-shirt if they are not at least interested in the guy. That's true. That's true. And, and remember, there was actually debate at one point, as crazy as it may seem, you know, six years removed now, where people were wondering, is Daniel Bryan over or is it just the yes chance? Or do people just like chanting yes? Mm-hmm. And it turns out, obviously, there's a genuine connection. Daniel Bryan's very over. But you don't know unless you try. And, you know, to me, it's kind of, man, it's crazy if Rusev would just walk. I don't know what his future is. I mean, it doesn't look good right now. But, um, I mean, that, that that's crazy just not to capitalize at all. And they it seemed almost as if they were shoeing, shoehorning him into being staying a heel on TV, you know? Yeah. They weren't, I mean, they were just kind of like, Yep, you're who we just think you are. And it goes back, I think, to that, what was it? Was it 2015 when him and Lana announced they were engaged? Yeah, and they, yeah they, that's Remember, right. they did not like that, man. They had plans for them to you know, be feuding, and they announced through TMZ that they were engaged. And, man, I mean, you can, you can trace kind of their downfall to that moment, WWE. Yeah, weren't they? Mm. They were split at the time it was announced, I think, and then they just put them back, right back together because of that. Yes, they were feeling that Summer Ray was with Rusev and uh, Lana was with Ziggler. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And the, the reports were WWE wasn't happy with that. And if you look, man, Rusev ain't done much since. And Lana Star certainly fell after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I think that U.S. title pictures, what they've done is mind blowing. Like, I would have never imagined of the guys in the match, Jinder was going to win, and then Randy Orton would be the program they'd go with. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's kind of funny. Like, I, it's almost like, you know, I, I saw somebody like tweet, you know, they, they just ask Randy, well, who do you want to work with? And he just says, ah, Jinder. And it's like, well, okay, that's the match, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rusev did, tw- he tweeted something along the lines of it's time for a change or something. So I don't know what the heck is going on there, but. You're right. It is. It's pretty insane if they just let this guy walk, considering how popular he is and the and chance talent- is over. And, and he's talented. Yeah, Forget he's about talented like Rusev Day. He's he's a talented performer. So, yeah. So we will have to see what happens there. But uh, Rusev Day is over. Rusev the wrestler is definitely over. I think, and uh, I think they're blowing it. So, uh, moving on. You guys, uh, what do you think of? We didn't really talk about it, but Rousey's debut, I was i was pretty damn impressed. I think that was the best match at WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, I don't think that could have gone any better. Did you think I, that she was going to she was gonna tap Triple H? Yes, I did, when it happened. Well, to be fair, though, I also thought that she was going to tap Stephanie, like, twice before she actually did. Mm-hmm. So, that was just me. I would like to know how many uh, hours they spent choreographing that match because I have to think every second of that thing was was planned. And and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I, I loved it. It was entertaining as hell. There was, you know, three or four moments when I thought the match was over and it just kept going and I loved it. But they, they did a really good job of protecting Ronda in that one. According to the, I think I read in the Observer this week that they have been they've been working on that match for weeks, step by step. So, yeah, I think you're on the step from there. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I, I'm with some other people here. Allow me to be the last to say that if there was one kind of 
negative to the match. It was the idea that Stephanie could survive multiple armbar attempts. Mm-hmm. Like the first time Ronda went for it, I'm like, okay, this is over. Um, now this is pro wrestling and there's a certain suspension of disbelief. And, you know, I rewatched it again, the match and yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with that. I mean, it's no worse really than Shane McMahon being presented as an equal an in ring equal to AJ styles last year at WrestleMania. I mean, that was when you think about it kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, now I know Rhonda legit tough, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And for her first match, to kind of not have the arm bar just finish someone in like five seconds. Okay, I can see that criticism. <laughs> now, knowing the way WWE works, they're going to have the full-time members of the roster tap out really quickly to it to get that move over, is what I suspect. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought the same I, I just, thing watching I live. I, I just don't think it could have been any better that match. I mean, and the key was, and we'll get into this with Roman, is how the crowd reacted to her. I mean, it was universally positive. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, there was no booze whatsoever. There was no, like, you know, smarmy, bizarro world nonsense. I mean, the crowd treated her like a huge babyface star. God, WWE could not have been happier with that match. In my it's opinion. it's weird when, when the crowd reacts appropriately to babyface and heel dynamics, how much fun a match can be. Weird. <laughs> weird. Yeah, I I was pleasantly surprised. I was a little worried that the fans were, were going to be a little negative on her. So I was I was happy about it because man, we Justin and I had some people in our section that were just massive tools throughout the entire the entire show. There's this we, guy. Oh my god, I I could go on and on. There's this guy three or four rows in front of us in a Bullet Club shirt and just like oh man, prototypical guy that's completely getting worked and doesn't realize it. By the way. I, I want to say something about because people always talk about how many Bullet Club shirts there are at, uh, at WWE events. You know what I found interesting is how like there are all these Bullet Club shirts at Takeover, but it's like guys, the Bullet Show Club, the Bullet Club show is across town. Like I find it interesting that okay, like because people are like oh yeah man, people like you know the Bullet Club more than like WWE. It's like well they had their chance to go see it and they're in WWE. That is that is interesting. Maybe they maybe they bought the travel package. <laughs> I, I it's a I don't know. maybe they just like the shirt, but I mean I, I just think it's interesting and needs to be kept in mind that you know, okay, they have <laughs> fine, they're wearing bullet club shirts, but they're not at the bullet they're not at the show where Kenny and Cody are wrestling. Mm-hmm. He uh this this guy in the shirt, who was that that he booed? Or that he cheered when they turned, Justin. Was it? It wasn't Nakamura, was it? Uh, uh, I can't well, remember now. But he, well, I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. He was, he was cheering someone that was trying to be uh, booed, and then I turned to Justin and I was like, "This, this is this guy is the exact reason why they won't, they aren't turning Reigns heel because then everyone's just going to cheer him anyways." And then I was like, "You, I guarantee you, this this guy's going to be like just." screaming like crazy against Roman later. And so when Roman comes out, of course, he's throwing up middle fingers and everything else. And it's like, if, if Roman turned, this guy would be cheering him, 100%. I got to say, I had a different experience behind me. I, th- these kids were probably in high school. And for paying as much as they, maybe their parents paid for the tickets, I don't know. But for as much as those tickets cost, they didn't know a lot about the card. 
<laughs> like going in, they were like, oh, who's Ronda's partner again? And, you know, they didn't know the names of like, I don't think they knew Finn Balor's name. Oh, man. <laughs> they, I'm not going to even comment on how, how they refer to Nia Jax. But, I mean, there were like multiple people. They like didn't know the names. It was very odd. That is that's pretty surprising to be they at also, WrestleMania. Yeah, and they also claimed, quote the oh Vince is going to get rich off the XFL. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's let's just uh, maybe we just take this right into the Roman thing because uh, I I was mind blown that he didn't win the title just like everybody else, and I gotta think. You know, looking at what they're doing here, they're holding it off, and I think there's a pretty good chance he's going to win the title overseas at Greatest Royal Rumble. Uh, nobody seems to know if Brock is there long term, short term. If he re-signed for one match, it's kind of up in the air right now. We know he we know he re-signed for some period of time uh, to keep working, and just just the idea of roman coming up short yet again is has his time passed is there no hope at all now for roman reigns to be what they want him to be kyle oh there's no chance that he's going to be what if okay let me preface that if your question means okay is he going to be this universally adored baby face not even no, that just just like the the star like the the main event I guess he still can, and but look, here's what we know. Roman Reigns is a good wrestler, okay? We've been over this many, many times. He's a very good pro wrestler, okay? If I were to make a list of the 10 best Roman Reigns and Shinsuke Nakamura matches from 2017, <laughs> do you know what I would call that list? The 10 best Roman Reigns matches of 2017, okay? Because he, I mean, it's not even close. I mean, how many more quality matches he had than Nakamura? And we'll get to Nakamura because I think there's an interesting juxtaposition to go there go with there but look it's there were a couple marks not in roman's favor that night i I talked earlier about ronda and how the crowd reacted to her man if you look at this whole mania card the only thing the crowd reacted to in a manner that the promotion didn't want them to was roman you know, this was not a quote-unquote bizarro world crowd. This was not a crowd shitting on a lot of the stuff that he was offering. I mean, if you looked, I mean, they cheered Ronda. I mean, granted, they positioned a lot of people in the right way, I think, throughout the card. But, man, I mean, it, he's it stuck out like a sore thumb. And it caught me by surprise a little bit because I thought they had done a pretty good job building it. I mean, obviously, I did not think he was going to get, you know, more cheers than booze, but I, I mean, it was a disaster and go ahead. It, uh, the problem was, is that normally he gets booed. At least this was just like immediately they broke out the beach balls and everybody just fucking tuned out. I mean, not me. I like, I, at least I knew what the match was going to be because it was a Brock Lesnar match, but it was, I mean, I it was bad. It was really bad how they booked that match. And and one of my biggest problems is is if you don't like somebody, boo them. But don't ignore what they're trying to do for you in the ring. And if you really want to make a fucking statement, walk out, leave the arena. 
Or just don't go. I find that very odd. Like, to me, the idea that... <laughs> the idea that, like, you didn't know Roman Reigns would be featured prominently on this card when you bought the ticket seems shocking to me. Now, I guess if whatever, you want to make this big political statement or about it, you want to have your voice heard, you have the right to cheer boo who you want. I think the big problem with this match, and it's the, was the same damn thing as WrestleMania 20, is, and this is what caused the indifference. And this is why the match was booked so stupidly in retrospect. Is that no one, the crowd didn't care about Brock because they thought assumed he was leaving. So it was a guy that almost everyone didn't want to win the title against a guy that nobody cared about. And that's just a bad dynamic. And if you look at the way the match was, I mean, no one benefited from this whatsoever. You had, I mean, it was they've been building up this whole thing with Roman kicking out of the F five and it was met with like crickets. Like when that happened, I was like, Oh fuck, this is a disaster. But then you proceed to have Roman kick out of the F five, like five or six times. And I don't know what value that does really, because you know, Brock didn't come out of this thing looking good either. And you know, in Vince's head, I guess he was like, well, all right, I guess, it, you know, it's not going to work in front of this crowd, so I'll give him Brock kicking Roman's ass. Well, he outsmarted himself because everyone in the crowd just assumed Brock was going to lose, and no one enjoyed the match. I mean, it was a failure on multiple levels in a way that few main events have failed before in the history of wrestling. Well, we can we can blame Michael Hayes for the layout of the match because apparently he was the agent that put it together. Yeah, but yeah, but he didn't even know the finish. Apparently, keep yeah. in mind. I mean, th- this is Vince. This is on Vince. And I, I want to go back to Roman because there is another thing. I was talking my buddy next to me. He he hate he doesn't like Roman Reigns at all either, and was like gleeful that this happened to him. And he did, you know, I kind of thought he was an asshole and we got into an argument, <laughs> quite frankly. I Like, I just wanted to argue with him outside the Superdome. And I didn't even want to go to Bourbon Street. I just want to argue with this guy about <laughs> the state of WWE. But he, he does make a good point about Roman. And this is, this is another mark against him. So obviously everyone compares Roman to John Cena in terms of the split reactions. But this seems different with John. With John it kind of morphed into something almost maybe playful where it was just like this, you know, just dueling chance. It was kind of fun to be a part of that. And and by the way, John Cena is hugely popular with a large percentage of the audience. I don't know if Roman is really. And John Cena, whether you like him or not, is a babyface character, right? Hustle, loyalty, respect. That's a babyface character. Whether you think he's corny, you just don't like the character, it's a babyface character. Is Roman a babyface character? Or is he just a babyface because they tell us he's a babyface? Like, my buddy's point is, like, he just kind of comes out like an entitled asshole. And if you watch it, he kind of does. That, that's exactly it. He has been done no favors by their booking. For one, if you're trying to get like the Smarks to like him, don't have him call Brock Lesnar Vince McMahon's boy because everybody thinks that he is Vince McMahon's boy. And then when you come out on Raw, 
don't oh, that, complain about getting another title shot, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that promo was so bad. And then they have – and see, that's the thing. Like, people think, like, he's being pushed down our throats or whatever. I, I have never seen an alleged ascendant babyface book so poorly. <laughs> or lose I mean, in big spots so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's Lex Luger all over again. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. they would get Lex, you know, the old story at WCW, they get Lex hot. He, he would wrestle flair and then he lose, and it'd be like, OK, well, what now? <laughs> and eventually it just kind of killed Lex. I mean, Lex did win the title when flair left. But by that point, he kind of stopped trying. Yeah. No, and, and that, think, promo, think... that promo, that promo, I just wanted to mention because I thought about it, that promo Justin mentioned. That, that's another like, how can you? They basically had him doing like Bret Hart in 1997, like whining. And then you have Samoa Joe return, which, you know, is going to get a pop. And he eviscerates him, pointing out what a freaking loser Reigns is. Like, how are you? How do you think like (laughs) this is getting Roman Reigns over as a baby face? And yeah, okay, we can talk about how the guy kind of comes across as a prick. We can talk about, you know, maybe he's not as popular as John Cena, whatever. But he's not booked well at all. And Vince's obsession with, you know, the coronation. Oh, I'm going to do it at this moment in time. And, and the flowers will bloom and all will be right with the WWE Universe. Man, just shit or get off the pot. I mean, it's it, this should have happened years ago. Yeah. Forget about Saudi Arabia. Forget about New Orleans. It should have happened years ago. It's like Sting. You know, I referenced this before on the show. You know, WCW thought, you know, we're going to have Sting beat Ric Flair. We're going to be competing with Vince again. Well, not really. You waited too long. And, and not part of it was Sting got hurt. And it wasn't all their fault. But they still even waited too long, I thought, before that. You made a good point with the promo being like Brett in 97 because – uh, yeah, when, when Joe came out and just completely destroyed him on the mic Monday night, it was just like when Brett would be out there whining, doing the heel character, and then Steve Austin would come out and tell him why he was such a loser. That's like exactly like Samoa Joe is exactly like Steve Austin in that scenario. And yeah, I, I don't see how that does him any favors. You're right. He's been booked terrible ever since this run began. Uh, his the scripting of his promos three years ago was terrible. He was put into awkward situations like winning the Rumble when everyone wanted to see Daniel Bryan win the Rumble. And again, that's not on Roman Reigns. No, it's that's it's on the that's on the promotion because like for the promotion not to see that is insane. Like Daniel Bryan, it's like it's one thing when the crowd just like wants a guy to win. Okay, it's another thing when that guy Daniel Bryan has a legitimate story and it's a good story to be told how he's coming back to win a title. He never lost. And the crowd that has every reason in the world to cheer for Daniel Bryan going into that match. Mm -hmm. And then you eliminate him early to just piss everyone off. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely shows a complete lack of understanding of the crowd, the way Roman Reigns has been positioned. He's been, he has definitely been handicapped by the promotion more than anything. And that's, why I posed the question, like, does he even have a chance to be a consistent main eventer that really takes off, whether it's a heel or a face? Because I just think the way they've continued to delay this so-called coronation that McMahon wants has just done him so much harm that I almost feel like the time is completely passed. Like, there is no hope whatsoever. They need to move on to somebody else. I think if they still, if they do an actual heel turn, do like a uh, a Roman Empire actual group, 
there's still hope for them because then the crowd's going to get back into it and, you know, turn him baby face two years from now. Cause he, almost, because he is an excellent ring performer. He has great matches. I almost wonder if it's too late for the heel turn. Like, yeah. I almost wonder if they've blown it on that. No, no, it's never too Okay, I mean, late. it'll have to, but they're going to have to be careful how they do it so that, I mean, okay, yes, eventually you, you can turn him heel with the thought, okay, he'll get over the crowd, will respect him or he can become a baby face. But you don't want the people just basically cheering out of fantasy booking like oh yeah he's a heel we won and then you lose the heat you don't you have to be careful it's really interesting by the way talk about a guy who turned heel shinsuke nakamura at wrestlemania right it's funny nobody really wants to juxtapose those two guys whether it's the promotion or people who like knock and don't like roman because okay take a look at nakamura Let's let's just be honest here. He wasn't getting over as a babyface. He had one, la- and the decision obviously had been made before this match to do it. But you know that match certainly wasn't helping him get over as a babyface uh, in New Orleans. And so they take a look at a guy who they thought, okay, this is a baby. Maybe we can build a brand around Shinsuke Nakamura as a babyface. Well, there was absolutely zero evidence of that in 2017. And so what did they do? They turned him heel. But people don't like the promotion isn't doesn't want to do the same thing with Roman and people. And then, you know, you have the other side of the coin, people who like kind of are unwilling to realize what they want them to do with Roman. They did with Shinsuke. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think some of it with with Shinsuke, though, too, is also on the promotion. Like he has been booked pretty poorly as well. I, I agree with you. I know frequent quit, uh, critic of him here on the show. And I, I agree that uh, his run in WWE has been less than stellar. His performances really haven't lived up to the hype. Um, but the way he's been used on television, I think, has also handicapped him, too. The promos they make him do, which have been just like awkward babyface promos. Um, the way he was positioned even after the Rumble victory. I don't know. I think there's a lot of things wrong with what they've done with Nakamura. And maybe the willingness to turn him heel versus Reigns has something to do with Nakamura is simply just not in their long-term plans. You know, he's not going to be around that long. He's a lot lot older. Whereas Reigns, they see him as like the future for a decade. And I think that's kind of why they've been hesitant. They really want to push this babyface Reigns thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it boils down to one guy's a Vince pet project. The other one isn't. And I also got to say this. I think I like Shinsuke Nakamura as a heel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think he'll be a great heel. Did, did you see the backstage interview with him on yeah. uh, Tuesday? Yeah. It was great. And, I and you know, somebody did. Somebody somebody tweeted something great when he interfered in the Brian Styles match. It's like, what if Shinsuke Nakamura's gimmick all along was just ruining good wrestling matches? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing, by the way, we didn't mention with with Rusev is when uh, Paige was out there uh, talking about who uh, Brian was going to wrestle, and the crowd started chanting Rusev, and then they edited that out of the YouTube uh, version of the show. Did you see that? It's just another thing that they've been doing with Rusev. <laughs> oh, that! Oh, that's when they did it. Okay, I saw the headline. I didn't click on it. Yeah, so they they posted a clip of that segment on their YouTube page, and. They edited the crowd reaction 
for the crowd to be cheering for AJ when, in fact, they were actually cheering for Rusev. Well, well they did cheer for AJ afterwards. Yeah, but they they like they actually physically went in and edited the chants and like moved them up over when they were chanting for Rusev. We'll have to get Meltzer on it when he's done <laughs> arguing with people on Twitter about random wrestlers' heights. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, the the AJ Nakamura match definitely didn't live up to the hype. It was a good match, um, but I nothing don't think like it was. I think it was a good match, but nothing special. Like it was, it was like a good television match. It wasn't like a great pay per view match. It wasn't a bad I, yeah. match. No, I agree with Ryan. I in the moment in the arena, which is also another thing is. If you're that was the first time I've watched a wrestling match in that big of an arena, that's a huge adjustment, especially for a fan. Yeah. And sitting in an arena for seven hours, you're gonna lose some steam. And that match was built for that arena to lose steam during it. But I recently rewatched it. It's not that bad of a match. It's just the expectations of it being a new Japan match or compare comparable to their Wrestle Kingdom match. It's, it was never going to ever live up to the expectations. It just it didn't get enough time. We said that at at, oh, at the show. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, it no. got 20 minutes, man. Oh, no. It got oh, no. 20 minutes. It needed 30 minutes plus. Here, here's the no, deal. No, it didn't. Oh, oh yes. On oh, a yes. seven-hour show, you're giving that match 30 minutes. Here's, no here's the deal. nuts. Here's the deal. Well, then, if they're not going to get more time, Kyle, they should have hit hit the uh, accelerator earlier in yes! the Yes! Because... Yes! And they knew they knew they weren't getting thirty minutes. But here's well, here's the thing though. So when uh, he gets pinned after the the Styles Clash, me and Justin looked at each other like we thought that's when the match was gonna finally kick into high gear. I mean, how many people have kicked out of the Styles Clash since AJ's been in WWE? And he gets pinned at WrestleMania right away from a Styles Clash. One Styles Clash. That was mind-blowing to me. I thought, all right, he's going to kick out, and then this is when they're going to put it into high gear. And the match never really got to that level. And that's that's kind of how Nakamura's whole WWE run yes. has been. He just, his matches haven't lived up to the hype. I know. <laughs> that's what I've been saying. That's Who's Sam- that on? Yeah, that Who's Sami Zayn that? match in NXT is like the one match that's really blown people away, the first one. And since that, he hasn't had a match that good since. Oh, not even close. I mean, I liked both Bobby Roode matches at takeover, the two takeovers, but um, no, he he has not had a great main roster match yet. And I mean, come on, man. I mean, if it was somebody else, if it was Randy Orton, we'd be piling all on the performer. And I'm just saying that, like, you know, maybe he worked now that he's healed, he can work different and it, and it, and it can translate into better matches. But at some point, we just got to look at the performer and say, what are you doing, man? Mm hmm. And and I weren't like the other thing too is both of them going into that match as baby faces. The crowd kind of they didn't want to boo either guy, and they didn't want to necessarily pick one guy or the other, and it just made for kind of a tough dynamic, I think. And, and they were like struggling early for things. That's all, you know. I, as soon as I started seeing that, I'm like, oh, this is always the sign that they're going for an epic and they're going to fall short, and that's what happened. Yeah, that's a good point. The, the first half of that WrestleMania, I mean, we'd all gone in talking about, holy shit, this could be the greatest WrestleMania ever. And then through the first half, half of that WrestleMania, it's like, holy shit, this could be the greatest WrestleMania ever. And then it just fucking nosedived. I, I thought the show probably peaked with Daniel Bryan's entrance. Like, when Daniel Bryan came down, 
I was like, dude, I like I was just like, this show is just unbelievable. It's delivering on all cylinders. Like even with the a couple of the first, we haven't even talked about the SmackDown, the booking of the SmackDown women's division yet, which I think is not been good, quite frankly. Even with, you know, anyone who listened to our show last week, it's very clear that I do not have a voice uh, in the New York booking office because I was wrong about everything. But like, even with some of the questionable booking, I was like, this show's hitting a home run. But, you know, once they did that thing where they took Brian out and Shane yep. McMahon had to work that long heat segment, I don't think the show ever recovered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she, 100% I mean, agree. Shane sucked in that match. And whether he's hurt or whatever, God bless him. But, you know, that match was hurt by the Ronda tag going first. Yeah. Because we had already seen a big-time hot tag on the card built to, you know, and and they were kind of going for the same thing where, okay, Shane would sell forever. He would make the big tag. Brian would come in, do all his spots and the crowd would go crazy. And I, I think because the crowd had already seen a, a hot tag built to and, and it went crazy for it. I, I think they just were just not up to do it again. Mm-hmm. No, I, I said that at the show to Justin when we, we kind of were talking during the match and were stunned at how dead the place was. And I had said that it was a big mistake to take Brian out right away. And then he's yeah, not involved yeah. in the match for like 10 plus minutes or whatever it was. Because I think the crowd thought they were going to get ripped off. You know, yeah, like Meltzer wrote them. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, that match was good. I mean, you know, there were other things I could complain. I mean, Daniel Bryan comes back. He looks really strong. I mean, whatever. That, that was good. But... Um, yeah. yeah, I think that was, I think his entrance was the peak of the show. I mean, Cena Undertaker, the crowd was rolling. And I got to say this. So you, you, earlier I heard you reference the narrow corridors of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. So I'm in I'm, – I'm walking around the concession area. And Cena's music hits. I have never been a part of anything like this in my life. I mean, it was a full-on stampede. Parents picking up their children and running. I saw two grown men run into each other. People trying to peek <laughs> through the curtains. I mean, I'm trying to get like held back to my seat. Um, I didn't get out there until Elias came out. To be honest with you, I mean, it was. I mean, it was a mob scene. Anyone who thinks that John Cena still can't move the needle uh, was not in the corridor at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome when that man's music hit uh, Sunday night. I think in retrospect, it might not have been a bad idea to put that on last, to be honest, just to create some buzz as everyone left the Superdome, because it was just such a weird, like, walking out of that show and then down the streets, it was not how I imagined people leaving WrestleMania. It was just such a weird vibe, the way everyone just kind of like, that's how the show ends, uh, Brock retained, okay, and everyone leaves, like, kind of in this weird funk. I don't, I don't know, but, yeah, that crowd was hot after that Undertaker scene of stuff, and, and during, obviously. Well, that's what's really interesting, now that you bring that up, is looking back as to how they booked everything, what could have you put at the end of the show that would have send everybody home happy. I mean, like I'm thinking like, okay, so Ronda Rousey was the best match of the night, but if you put that match on last, does it kind of kill everything? I mean, like, you know, with Reigns and Lesnar being earlier, like you almost have to do Reigns and Lesnar at last, just because you're a glutton for punishment. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think I think just because of the spectacle and how crazy the crowd went, Cena Undertaker is the only one that uh, you could make a legitimate case could have gone in last. You, you could have made a Brian. case for the you could have made a case for the Rousey thing going last. Yeah, right. you you could. Um, That's I don't know. retrospect, Even, knowing that the crowd was positive about the reaction. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even, even even seeing it though, I'm still not sure I would have put it on last. Even though it was the best match in the show, I think. But I don't. Know. I think I it would have been a sweet moment to end on on Taker Cena. Yeah, but mm, I don't know if it, it wasn't really a. I mean, I guess it was a match, but I. I, I was don't gonna know. say you you can't do Taker Cena because that was just a. That was a three minute match. Yeah, I mean, why not? Why can't you have a three minute match close the show? I actually think. They thought they had the show laid out right. It just, I don't know, it kind of got away from them, I think. But can, can we talk about this SmackDown women's thing? Because th- that has, it's been, it, after SmackDown on Tuesday, it actually bothers me more than it yeah. did. This is going to be interesting because I, I, I like where it's going. I, I think Charlotte beating, look, if you think Charlotte is the crown jewel of the women's division in WWE, that's fine. If you prefer to Asuka, that's fine. I just think to to end that streak, not just when they did, but how they did with a tap out, and basically, you know, there's no room for a Charlotte Oscar. I mean, you could do a Charlotte Oscar rematch down the road, but the way the match was booked, it certainly doesn't call for it. And then, after killing the streak, having Charlotte lose to Carmella with the cliched money in the bank, I I, I was not a fan of the transition. I, I don't think, because clearly they were afraid to have Carmella end the streak in that way, which is odd because that would have drawn heat. So you basically killed the undefeated streak. You then... Charlotte is theoretically a made woman in that role now. And then you just beat her for the sake of the briefcase. I, I am not a fan. And then Asuka's streak. Be, look, I the streak was kind of becoming an albatross. If you watch the mixed match challenge, you would know what I mean. Like it was kind of silly, like because you when you were watching it, you're like, well, Asuka, they're not going to end the streak in this thing. So she's going to win. I get that. But, you know, to me. You could still get to where you're going with Charlotte and Rousey at next year's WrestleMania, but you could have Asuka beat Charlotte here, stay undefeated. You've got the money match with Asuka and Rousey, where Rousey can end Asuka's undefeated streak. And then you can go to Rousey and Charlotte next year at WrestleMania. You could Charlotte could beat Asuka down the line at some, you know, at some random point. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do not like the way that they did that at all. The the problem with that is the raw and SmackDown alignment is you would have to flip and flop a lot. Like I agree with you. That would be great. But with the way they did that for one, I think a lot of us thought that Oscar Rousey is what they wanted to do for next year's WrestleMania. The, you know, the big streak versus Rousey thing that would have gotten boring really quick with how long Oscar's already been undefeated and to have it happen as a surprise and as an actual surprise and not a, you know, a deliberate uh, choreographed surprise, 
was a lot of fun. I was shocked. I looked at Ryan. I was like, holy shit, did we just see that? And Charlotte Flair is just a, she's a bigger star than Asuka, plain and simple. And by having her, by having her lose the title to Carmella by a money in the bank, that doesn't take anything away. Nothing, especially after being beaten by the iconic duo. I just think I just look at Carmella. She's not over. And oh no, I, it, I I agree. Carmella's not ready for the title. I I'm more arguing f- for the w- the way they've done everything. I, but like to me, if they wanted Carmella to get more heat, she should have ended the undefeated streak. That way, it would have drawn but, legit heat. Yeah, I think people would have. It would have been kind of like the fantasy booking thing with fans, though. They would have hated it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I don't think I would be on board with Carmella ending the streak in that way either. But I, I prefer, if I'm picking one of the two matches, I'm, I want to see Charlotte Rousey more than Rousey Asuka. Um, and I get... <sighs> I, I get the albatross thing on the on the streak, you know, because I, we talked about in the show last year when he was going in the Hall of Fame, uh, or I mean, when he was the champion, I should say. I, I was never the biggest Goldberg fan because I always found it was boring just knowing he was always going to win. So I get I get that where they feel like they're kind of trapped because she's going to win every time out. Not sure I would have done it right now, but you know, they they could done Oscar Rousey at SummerSlam and then got to. Rousey Charlotte at WrestleMania next year. They, I don't, I don't think they had. That's what to, I was thinking. Yeah, I don't think they had to rush it this early with Oscar losing. But I just, I felt Tuesday night like Carmella coming in, winning the title. It seemed like ending Oscar's streak was completely pointless. Then to do have yes. Sunday. I just feel that like the lay of the land is far less compelling now. Mm-hmm. Which Carmella is the champion. You know, okay, Charlotte ended the streak, but. She's not the champion anymore. Um, I mean, you, you've set up, I guess, a lot of opponents for Charlotte. Yeah. With the iconic duo and Carmella. But, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I just feel that they killed a lot of money matches. And, and the thing with Asuka tapping, too. Like, you know, I, I feel they went just right to the end of Charlotte Asuka. Like, there's just no need for a rematch. You know, that, she tapped. That, that I agree with. I rewatched that match. And in the last two minutes felt extremely rushed. Like they must have had a moment where it's like, Hey, we got to wrap this up. I think, you, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to, the finish was right. Uh, Charlotte, like doing the figure four with the one arm because the other one was too damaged. That was perfect. But leading up to that was just too rushed. Well, we've talked on the show about um, Charlotte, maybe going back heel uh, I think they could parlay this into a Charlotte heel turn, and I could see them having Asuka win the title from Carmella like pretty quickly, and then have a deal where it's almost like Owen back in '94. So Charlotte is pissed because she's like, "I just beat you. Why do you have the title?" Kind of thing. Like she got screwed out of the title with the cash in, and then Charlotte's chasing the champion that she had just beat, and they could kind of make that into. Kind of a heel turn. I don't know. I could see them doing something like that. But yeah. yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see, you know, a year later 
is the bloom off the rose with Ronda. It does. I mean, it doesn't seem. I mean, my God, she was. I mean, the next night on Raw. I mean, the, the people were willing to go to the end of the earth for this woman. So you know, if it, it I gotta. You know, if you would have told me, you know, six months ago, you know, Ronda Rousey going into WrestleMania 35. What's she going to be? I, I probably would have said there's a good chance she's going to be a heel, but maybe no. Maybe you do turn Charlotte Flair into heel, and she's a heel for Rousey. Yeah. I I don't know, though. I, I could see the reports are that Charlotte and Rousey could headline WrestleMania 35. I could see it happening, especially if Rousey keeps up what she's doing and yeah. stays as popular with the crowd. It's not a stretch to imagine that happening. They're certainly not going to be wrestling in uh, Saudi Arabia, that's for sure. No, no, they're not. No. How do you guys feel about that, by the way? Maybe we can close on this. Uh, WWE, who likes to push themselves, is like on the, you know, they're at the front of the women's sports movement, so even though they're not, right? Like they were kind of behind other sports. Uh, and then they run a show in Saudi Arabia with such a terrible record on women's rights. You, you guys think that is, they should be running this show? Is it just about dollars? Or is it? Yes. <laughs> I mean, obviously it is just about dollars, but should they be doing it? based on the push on the women's revolution that they do and everything. I mean, isn't it kind of a bad look for the company to be running Saudi Arabia with no women on the show? It's, it's definitely about money, but I, it could be a catalyst for more. I mean, just recently, I don't remember where it was, but they had the match with uh, Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss where granted they had to be in like completely covered up, but it's like sometimes you just have to realize what you're dealing with and realize that it, it might just have to be baby steps to get to where you want it to be. Yeah. It, you know, in the future, you know, if they want more of this kind of great contact, uh, they're going to have to be more accepting of uh, things they're not so much of uh, accepting right now. WWE or Saudi Arabia? Saudi Arabia. Okay. <laughs> like if they want oh, WWE actually, to well, return? Both. <laughs> yeah. Both. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just look like the women don't have to be on every card. Like no one has to be on every card. Um, is it out of nowhere? Yeah, is it hypocritical? Yes, it's absolutely hypocritical. Is it something where I'm going to slam my foot to the ground? Probably not, and maybe that's shame on me. Yeah, I mean, but how many women? How many? shows has it been since they had zero women's matches on the card like every house show has a women's match on the card oh yeah i mean oh oh this is the first i mean since you know stephanie mcmahon invented women's wrestling you know that summer (laughs) um this is probably the first time yeah i guess i i know there's a big segment of the crowd that is thinking they shouldn't have ran the show at all they could they could draw a big crowd in europe you know where they could have women on the on the card. Yeah, but ain't nobody paying them ten million dollars like them Saudis are. <sighs> yeah, but I don't what know. would you do for ten million dollars? <laughs> Sometimes it's not all about the money. I mean, come on. If if you, I've if, heard it all now. <laughs> this is a company that makes a ton of money. If if yes. you really want to be seen as someone supporting women's rights, my God, I don't know. It's just a bad look all around. I think. But is is like. How would you promote change then in Saudi Arabia? The, I wouldn't have the show there at all. You, I don't think WWE is going to change anything in Saudi Arabia. My God. Yeah, I mean, let me tell you something. I see them front lines, man. It's going to take a lot more than Vince McMahon to change that line of thinking. Ooh, wee. <laughs> it's. Uh, I don't. I don't think the wrestling promotion is going to do much to to change things. Unfortunately, it's. Uh, I had some friends that lived 
uh, in Bahrain and traveled over there, and uh, they did not have good things to say. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think there's a long. I think it's uh, I think there's a long time before change happens, unfortunately, there. And I, I don't think Vince McMahon is going to be able to make that happen. But who knows? He's got he's got the insider line to the president of the United States these days. Hey, are we, he, are, are we dead he got yet Roman Reigns over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think we're going to wrap this edition up. It's been a long week. i got to get some sleep this weekend. I know we were kind of late getting to the program this week, but we'll be back with you probably Thursday next week. So you can check out the show then. Check out the archives, topropenation.com, iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere podcasts are found. We'll check you guys out next week. From self-help books to meditation, we work hard to find peace of mind. Xfinity Home helps you rest easy with a total home security solution. Installed by experts and powered by secure and reliable Xfinity Wi-Fi, you'll get 24-7 professional monitoring with fast response times and real-time alerts, like when doors and windows are opened. Rest easier with Xfinity Home. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash home security. Restrictions apply. Residential customers only. Requires compatible high-speed internet. Professional installation required.